You know, I'm convinced in the day that we live in, uh, it's easy to look and see darkness. You know, it's just like in uh, giving a prophetic word. Sometimes uh, God, let me see how I want to say that. Sometimes you may have a prophetic word for someone and what you see is uh, a mistake or, or something like that. You know, it's easy to see dirt. I don't remember if it was Bill Johnson who said it or who it was, but he said it's real easy to see dirt. It takes someone in love with the Lord to see gold in the dirt. Does that make, me say, make sense? So what I mean by that, even if you know someone, it's not a prophetic word, but you know someone who's messed up, it's easy to go, dude, you messed up. It's another thing to go, you know what? That what you did was a mistake, but it's not who you are. It's not your identity. I see gold in you. I see that... Who is in you is greater than, than the thing that you did. And, that, and it's so easy to lose sight of that. And uh, I think that we can look at the darkness and go, man, it's dark. Boy, it's dark. But God says, what I want you to see is that I'm the light that darkness cannot quench. I'm the light. And that we carry that light. And as we share that light, it gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And, you know, as last... Uh, two weeks ago when I was here, we talked about the secret place. We talked about uh, him being the desire of our heart. And we were kind of segueing between, we'd been talking about five weeks on worship and going into the word. And I used John 4.24. John 4.24 says this, God is a spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. How? In spirit and and truth. In Psalms 145, we were, uh, we were, I read, verse 18 says this, The Lord is near to all who call upon him, to all who call upon him in truth. In truth. And this is where I, I feel, uh, as I said, one of the things I think where the body of Christ has missed it is we're not declaring from one generation to the next generation who God is. We're, our faith is personal, and we hold it to ourselves, and we're not telling our kids, oh, we go to church because it's a good thing to do. That doesn't work anymore. No, we say, man, I have a relationship with Jesus because this is who he is to me. Not what he did for so-and-so. This is who he is to me. And the way that we know who he is is through truth. We cannot get away from the Word of God. I'm a worshiper. I love to worship. We're going to worship our core values here. As I said, the first one was worship. The second one is the Word of God and the importance of the Word of God. He said here, those who worship Him must worship Him how? In spirit and in truth. And He said here in Psalm 145, verse 18, the Lord is near all who call upon Him, to all who call upon Him in what? In truth. See, the only way you're going to know who you really are and what really belongs to us is through the truth of the Word of God. There are many circumstances, situations, uh, and things that can happen in our life that can look contrary to who God says that we are. And so it's up to us that Romans 12, 1 and 2, we talked in worship. Romans 12, 1 and 2 is what real worship looks like. It's the sacrifice, the giving of our body, wholly acceptable to him. That's what true worship is. And in, those same, in that same passage in Romans 12, 1 and 2, he said uh, that we renew our mind, that I beseech you, therefore, brothers, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies, what? A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, uh, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed, and that word service there means your reasonable worship. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? 
by the renewing of your mind that you might do what? That you might prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So that word prove there, it means demonstrate. He said, so as we renew our minds, we demonstrate the word of God. As I look at Psalms 145, see, this is what's so amazing in truth. When you really allow the word of God to shape your mind, what you see is God is an awesome God. That's what we said here in Psalm 145. And he is a miraculous God. He's always doing works that are outside of mere human ability. See, God doesn't do miracles. That's where he lives. He is, he is, he's, I'm, let me say this another way. God doesn't do supernatural things. He is supernatural. It's who he is. He's not bound to natural things, to the natural state of things in the earth. He is a supernatural God. That's who he is. But what's happened in, in religion is we've made God fit in our building. We've made God fit so that we have an answer for everything. Amen. And if we don't have an answer, we write it off and say, well, that didn't work like I thought it was going to, so I just won't do that anymore because that doesn't work. It doesn't matter what the Word says. Amen. I believe He wants us to get back to the truth that where the Word really means something to us. <laughs> I heard Andrew Womack say, he said, most people don't let the, let the Bible get in the, in the way of what they believe. <clears throat> and it's so true. Yeah, people will say, well, I know that's what the Bible says, but I don't believe that. <laughs> All righty then. You know, I believe God is saying, I want to come back to this God who does wonderful acts, just like we saw here in Psalms 145. You look in Acts chapter 2, another passage I've parked in for months now. Uh, in Acts chapter 2, verse 11, it, um, we know Acts chapter 2, right? It's where the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. And uh, after the day of Pentecost, it says in verse, uh, verse 8, and how it is we hear each in our own language in which we were born, Parith, uh, Par Parthians, Medes, Elamites, dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia. Uh, and it goes on, verse 11, he says, Cretans, uh, Cretans and Arabs who hear them speaking in their own tongues. And what were they speaking? What were they speaking? The wondrous works of God. So these people, on the day of Pentecost, we talk about there was tongues as of fire, that cloven tongues as of fire that appear. All, there was a sound as of a mighty rushing wind. There's a lot of symbolism here. But here it comes to this place, and it says, here's what we all heard in our own language. We heard the wondrous works of God. We heard that God is the same, Hebrews 13, 8. Yesterday, today, and forever. That's, her, that's what we heard in their own language. These people, they weren't all Christians. They weren't all believers. It says, they were all per, uh, were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? <laughs> Others mocking say they are full of new wine. Verse 14, but Peter standing up raised his voice and said to them, who is this? This is Peter who had previously done what? Denied who Jesus was. Deny that he even knew who Jesus was. But after the day of Pentecost, after the, pour, the pouring out of the Holy Spirit upon them, after this baptism in the presence and power of God, Peter boldly stands up and begins to preach. And here's what he says. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you 
and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since only the third hour of the day, 9 a.m. in the morning. So I like this, and I've shared this before. I love how Peter said, they're not drunk like you think they are. (laughs) He didn't say they weren't drunk. He just said they're not drunk like you suppose. They're not drunk off the things that you think they're drunk off of, new wine. It was new wine, all right, but it wasn't new wine by man. It was new wine from the Holy Ghost. (laughs) And then he goes into this message, and uh, Peter begins to expound about what God did through them. So as I was praying over that and, and just really pressing into this thing of God, and I'm not saying that we in this church or you individually were not there, but just the reality of God, I, I want the river to be a place where the Word of God is of utmost importance. That the foundation of all that we believe is not just because it's the coolest thing in the charismatic movement. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with, with those things. But that what we believe, our experience has roots and it's grounded in the Word of God. Because here's what I know. Experience will come and go, but His truth never changes. Experience will come and go. And someone may stand here and give a testimony of how they encountered God, and you may not encounter Him that way, but that doesn't mean that you don't serve the same supernatural God who's working supernaturally through you. But if you just look at the experience of men, you'll miss who He is to you. You'll miss what He desires to do through you. So as we were away, and uh, speaking of, before I go any further, I want to say thank you to everyone who blessed Tina and I with a, with a gift and a card. We're so thankful. Uh, we're so appreciative of, of your love for us and your prayers for us. And that's what we desire above everything is that you pray for us, that we just stay true to who he's called the, us to be and the river to be, and that we press in and press through to what he has for us as a body. Amen? So I appreciate everything that you guys did for us. It was We're very, very thankful. I'm so thankful for Ben and the, the great word that he preached while we were gone. It's awesome to know that uh, you've got people who love God and who are going to hold Jesus high when you're not here. That's just all. I'm so thankful for Ben and Heather. Uh, <clears throat> as I was praying and I was thinking about this, and I don't think it's a jump from worship to the word. I think they're, synod- they're, they're, they're married very well, dovetail very well together. But as I was praying about it, the Lord just had me going back into some very, very familiar passages of Scripture. Um, and I want to share a few of those uh, today. And one that I just couldn't get away from is, and we had talked about this before we left in our small group, Tina taught on Rahab. And we talked about how Rahab, there was this harlot, and, uh, but she's listed in what we call what the church calls the hall of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. She's listed there among Abraham, among Isaac and Jacob. She's listed there among Gideon and all these other people who did amazing works. And here's, here's Rahab who's listed here uh, in Hebrews chapter 11. So I just went back uh, because I want to have a, a solid foundation of understanding if we're going to move forward into understanding the word, it's got to be through faith. That we say, here's what God's word says. I accept it by faith, and I, I appropriate it by acting like it is true in my life. Does that make sense? Hebrews 11.1 1 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This passage of Scripture is very familiar 
we, we see it a lot. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And we'll stop there, and we'll jump on down to Hebrews eleven six, where it talks again about faith, and it says, uh, But without faith it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But as I was reading through this, I just felt impressed to the Lord to read all the way through Hebrews chapter 11. And when I got uh, past verse 1, verse 2 says this, For by it, speaking of what, what's it? Faith. For by it, for by faith, the elders obtained a good testimony. So by faith, the elders obtained a testimony from the Lord. Listen to this. This is when it, it all began to click. <laughs> verse 3, because I've blown past this over and over and over again. Look at the verse, first four words of verse 3. If you're reading a New King James Version, it'll sound like this. But we, by, by faith, we understand. And the Lord said, that's the key. There are people who will get in the Bible and they'll get in as an intellectual pursuit. I want to learn a truth. I want to know something so I can share something. I want to, I want to be a student of the Word. And that's important. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of what? Truth. So there's a theme here. Then John 4, 24, those who worship, worship Him how? In spirit and in Truth. Psalms 145. Talk to those who call upon him in truth. Are you tracking? So truth is of utmost importance. And it's not just that we gather information because Jesus spoke of the Pharisees and he said this, they're ever learning but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Hebrews 4 says that the children of Israel had the promises but they didn't mix faith with the promises so they couldn't inherit what God had for them. God said, here it is. It's for you. And they go, nah, it's, it's too good to be true. They wouldn't, Hebrews 4, they wouldn't mix faith with the, with the promise of God. So it says they could not inherit the promises of God. Here he said in verse 3, by faith we understand. And the Lord spoke to my heart so clearly. And he said, Todd, that's it. It's by faith. When you approach the word of God, it's got to be by faith that you understand. It's when we go, you know what, God, I may not be able to wrap my mind around every bit of this and say, yes, I've got it. I can teach it tomorrow. But by faith, I believe that your word is truth and that it is spoken to me. And I believe then that's the key that where understanding begins to unlock. Because you're not after an intellectual pursuit. You're after a relationship with the living God. And the cool thing about it is that he's given us a love letter. That's what this Bible is. It's a love letter written to us so that we can know truth, so that we can know who he is and who we are. Just like we were singing in Psalms 145. And just like Abby and I were talking, she said, I wasn't brought up in a church that says God is a good, he's a good, good father. That's who he is. I wasn't brought up believing that I'm loved by him. I was brought up believing I got to be good enough so that I can be loved by him. If we don't know that, if we don't know that, then we can't share that. He said, by faith, we understand. So I just, I'm going to just do a quick thing, tour right here through the, a few verses in Hebrews chapter 11. Because it's, it starts, the majority of the verses here start with those two little words, by faith. You know what's awesome about, about this? 
And this is what I've said before. I'll say again, faith is not just a belief, it's an action. Let me say that again. Faith isn't just a belief, it's an action. If you really believe it, then you'll act according to what you believe. If you believe me and believe that I was a, a, a truthful person and I told you that the roof in here above us was on fire and if we didn't get out right now, it could collapse and kill all of us. If you believed that I was telling you the truth, would you just sit there and go, praise Jesus, brother? That's a good word. I feel the heat of the Lord. Praise his name forever. Hallelujah. Would you do that? If you didn't even see the fire, would you do that? If you believe my word, you would. You would go, well, I don't see it, but I'm going to get out of here. I'm just going to err on the side of caution, just in case he's telling the truth. I'm going to get out. I'm not going to risk it. <clears throat> so you would act according to what I said. You would act according to what I said. In, in fire service, one of the things that they tell you, and you hear it all the time, especially in fire behavior, you'll hear somebody arrive on scene, they'll give their unit on scene, we assume command, uh, so-and-so structure, nothing showing, investigation mode. And one of my instructors said, That's, that right there has killed more firefighters because they don't see anything, so they just act like, they get lazy on their job, they act like nothing's going on, and then it can, it can uh, explode in a moment. Smoke can catch on fire and explode, and you're dead because it doesn't look like anything's going on. A, a room could, could have burned all the oxygen out of the room, and then when you open the door, it just, it's a bad, bad day. It's a bad, bad day because you're going based just on what you see. But if we believe truth, there's an action connected to the truth. If you don't hear anything else I say today, hear that. When I really believe something, when I say I have faith in something, then I'll act like it is true, not trying to get it to be true. Is it already true before I act on it? It's truth, right? This is not a trick question. Shake your head with me. Yes, it's truth. So when I act on it, all I'm doing is making agreement with the truth that I've read. So that can be in any area of our lives. But here it says, we look at these men who were just, and this is another thing we have a tendency to do. We, had, we have a tendency to put them on a pedestal and say, yeah, but they're in the Bible. So they were different than me. No, they were just like you. You know the reality of it? David, the, the awesome things that David did, the awesome things that Peter did, they're written in the Bible. But you know what else? The, the mistakes are written there as well to show their humanity, that they're not perfect, they're not above or beyond us, that they just considered God to be true, and they stepped out in faith, believing what God said. Abraham, we see it here in, in Hebrews 11, verse 4. By faith, Abel, what did he do? He offered to God. Verse 5, by faith, Enoch was taken up away so that he did not see death, and it was not found because God had taken him. Uh, for before he was taken, he had the testimony that he pleased God. So Enoch uh, walked with God, and uh, he was not, is what the Scripture says. Enoch walked with God, and he was not. Um, then we get to verse 6, and there's this little break, and it says, But without faith it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God should, no, must believe. Must believe what? That he is. Isn't that beautiful? He said, first, the thing that you've got to believe is that he is. When Moses said, God, who am I going to tell him is sending me? He said, tell him I am. I am the great 
I am. When Jesus was in the garden and they came to arrest him, he, Jesus gave himself that name again. He said, I am, and they fell back as dead men. I am. He is. So when we come in faith, he said, the first thing you've got to do, you've got to believe that he is. You must believe that he is. Now listen, if you're looking at circumstances, if you're looking at situations, you won't believe he is. Because you'll go, God, if you are, then why is this? So, and what you're doing is you're, you're trying to put him in the box of your circumstances or instead of realizing he's bigger than that. And if we can trust in him, we'll see that temporal change. Because he's eternal. He does not change. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Malachi 3, 6 says, I am the Lord your God. I change not. Not maybe, not might. Emphatically, I don't change. <clears throat> he said, but, but without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. You know, the beauty of believing that he is, that's that testimony that I was talking about from one generation to another generation. When we begin to tell, this is who he is. This is who he is. Not just in the midst of a need that you have, but I mean, how encouraging would it be to you if every day you had someone call you and say, man, this is who God is. This is who God is. Just before you start your day, this is who God is. You know what? We've got something like that. His name's Holy Spirit, and we've got his word. And he said, every day, if you'll just take a few moments before you start your day, not to bust out in the day and go, oh, man, this is going to be a bad day. I got this and this and this and this, and all this is going on. And I know when I get to work, here's what I'm going to face. Yeah, I know y'all don't do that. That's not y'all. You don't focus on those things, right? Praise Jesus. <clears throat> but if we start our day, as we start our day, is saying, man, this is who he is. And look at this, verse, the last part of that, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him, that he's a rewarder of those who set their eyes on him, that they're not moved. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of the children of Israel in the desert grumbling and complaining, and the fiery serpents came in. I'll say this again. The serpents were already there. They're grumbling and complaining, lifted the hand of God, his mercy and protection over them, and the snakes came in. And he said this. He said, what are we going to do? He said, make a fiery, a, bra, a bronze serpent, a brass serpent, put it on a pole, and hold it up, and everyone who looks at the serpent will be healed. Well, when you study that in the original language, it says everyone who continues to look at the serpent while they're being bitten will be healed. It's a little different. It's not like, oh, there he is. Thank you, Jesus. No, it's those who set their gaze, who diligently look at the serpent and don't take their eyes off of it. No matter what's going on around them, they, those are the ones who will be healed and delivered. That's a good word. <clears throat> he said this, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. See, you got to know that that's who he is. He's a rewarder. He's not a withholder. He's a rewarder. That'll set somebody free right there because your mindset and your perspective has been God's a withholder, not a rewarder. When I'm good enough, then I'll get it, but he's holding it back from me until I get there. That's not it at all. He said, look, I've got gold for you hidden in the hills, and if you'll just be diligent about looking for it, the reward is already there for you. I'm not hiding it from you. I'm hiding it for you. I'm hiding it for you. 
as I was looking at this, one of my new life's verse is Matthew 6, 6. And as I was reading uh, Hebrews eleven six, the Lord reminded me of, of Matthew 6, 6. And here's what it says. <clears throat> Jesus speaking. Uh, but when, but you, verse 6, but you when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will do what? Will reward you openly. The God who sees in secret will reward you openly. So the Lord just began to, that just awakened me so much when he said here, you've got to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I'm not seeking him to get the reward. I'm seeking him because of who he is. And I know as I learn more and more of who he is, his reward is with him. Amen. His reward is with him. When I have him, I have the reward. And he said here, when you, when you pray, you go in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you where? Openly. He said, don't stand up in front of everybody and tell and pour all your junk out to them. You know, in the church that, that we uh, grew up in, you would hear people do that. They would get up to the altar, and they would just tell everything that was going on wrong out loud. Just tell everything that was going wrong out loud. And, they, you know, I'm not saying their intentions weren't pure, but some, I think, were just doing it so somebody near them could hear and maybe help a brother out. <clears throat> Y'all know what I'm talking about? Uh, but he said here, when you go into the secret place, the Father in the secret place, he's not just sees there. That's where he is. He said he'll reward you openly. So what are you saying? I'm saying as we fall in love with him, as we fall in love with the truth of his word, even when it doesn't line up with my, my uh, circumstances right now, when it's frustrating and confusing to my mind, when I say, nope, this is who he is, and I know this is who he is because he cannot lie. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I'm going to base my life on what I know to be true about him, his character, and his nature. And as I do that, his reward is with him and will receive the reward. Verse 7, by faith Noah, listen to this, I like this, because it goes right along with verse 1. Verse 7, but Noah, by faith Noah, being divinely warned of those things, what's it say? Not yet seen. Move with godly fear. Just like I talked about, if I told you the roof is on fire, I'm sorry, this went to a song, <laughs> and you didn't see the roof on fire, but you still said, nope, I'm going to act according to what I believe to be true. Moses, um, Noah, not Moses, Noah, God told Noah, there's a flood coming. It wasn't even raining. Are you with me? I lost half of you. I'm at the roof. I'm sorry. Jesus redeemed the mind right now. Bring them back, Lord. I led them astray. <laughs> you guys. Noah, we're talking about Noah, not the roof. By faith, Noah, 
being divinely warned of things not yet seen. Look what it says the next thing he did. Moved with godly fear, he prepared an ark. Noah, there, in the natural, there wasn't uh, all the implications. Or the, in the natural, everything wasn't happening that God was said was going to happen. Here's what's so amazing about the flood. It wasn't just a lot of rain. Are you with me? The Bible says the caverns of the deep busted up. We've got geysers and stuff like that. So what happened at the time of the flood, it wasn't just rain coming down. The, the earth literally busted open and water was shooting up out of the ground. That's why we have the fossils that we have. And I'm not going to get into the, that right now about creationism. But the, the flood wasn't just a rainfall. It was the caverns of the deep bursting open. So the water from under the earth was spewing up the water. But before Noah saw any of that, heard any of those rumblings, he said, you know what? I believe God to be true. So I'm going to act according to what. And you know what? You better be thankful and thank the God above that he did because you're here because he did. You're here because he did. Because he was obedient and acted by faith. Listen, whose life do we have an opportunity to impact if we'll by faith believe what God said and step out and do it? It could be just as important. You, me, walking in obedience can be just as important as the act that Noah did that saved the whole human race. Because the Bible says God's not willing that any should perish. Jesus said he left the 90 and 9 to go for the one. So you may not be building the next ark to save us all from a flood. He said he wouldn't do that again. He said he gave us a rainbow. We saw a beautiful rainbow on the boat. Squirrel. It was so pretty right outside our balcony. Double rainbow going right down into the water. But he gave a rainbow, said, I'll never do it this way again. So we don't need you to build an ark. But you know what? You could be an ark to somebody who's, who's drowning. You're not their savior, but you could give the, the savior to them. You could present the savior to them. It could be in a kind word at a restaurant. It could be at, at the workplace, the person. You know what I found? Those people who you really, really, really don't want to be around are the ones who really, really, really need you the most. <laughs> Amen. You're preaching good, preacher. Those, those that, uh, you know, I've heard so, so, so many testimonies of people being in a restaurant and the waitress just being really irritable and not good and stuff like that. And the Lord tell them, I want you to bless them. I want you to doubly bless them. I want you to give them more than they deserve. Bless them. And, and they bless them and the waitress just be broken and go, why did you do that? Because Jesus loves you so much. It was, it was funny. We were in Miami. <laughs> we were in Miami, and we were, uh, it was the day that we were flying, the day before we flew home, where we stayed was a really nice hotel, but there was nothing but a McDonald's and some other stuff around it that I just didn't really feel like we'd be going to eat in. <laughs> so we went to McDonald's, and uh, there was a couple around. We stayed at the same hotel before we left, and I saw a couple at the bus stop. There was a bus stop right in front. It was an interracial couple, and I thought they were homeless uh, by their looks. But when we came back in, they were still there, and they were together. And uh, you could tell by the aroma that pretty sure they were homeless. And they were in McDonald's, and they had a cup of coffee, and they were wanting to get a refill, and they were counting their money. And the Lord said, just go give them some money and tell them that Jesus loves them. It was so amazing. So I walk up. We have... Uh, order, and I walk around the corner, and I pull somebody, and I hand it, I lay it on the table, and I said, the Lord, I said, Jesus wants you to know that he loves you. The woman said, who? 
And she's looking out the window. Who said that? Who want to give it to me? I said, Jesus, Jesus Christ, he sent me to tell you that he loves you and that he wants you to have this. And she said, oh, and a girl, a lady across the table said, Jesus is awesome, isn't he? I said, he is awesome. <laughs> Jesus is awesome. But it was so precious when I said, Jesus wants you to know that he loves you. Who? She's looking out the window, and I said, no, no, no. We're missing it. We're missing Back up. <laughs> Jesus, the Messiah, Jesus the Christ, the Lord, he loves you. He wants you to know that he loves you. That's what he wants. He wants us to be vessels that allow ourselves to be poured out for him. And it comes by faith. It comes when you take that step, when you go, man, I'm not comfortable with this. I'm, I'm pretty sure that as you look through the hall of faith, most of what these people did, it wasn't real comfortable. The comfort meter wasn't like pinging at 10. But the obedience meter was. Let's look at the next verse. The next verse, I think, is proof of that. By faith, Abraham obeyed. By faith, Abraham obeyed, and he left. Look, this is the first part of it. When he was called to go out of the place which he would receive as an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Abraham obeyed. The next thing we see is that by faith, verse 9, he dwelt in the land of promise uh, in a foreign country, dwelling in tents and with Isaac and Jacob, the, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Abraham obeyed. And then we see that by faith, Abraham dwelt. By faith, Abraham offered up Isaac. He said, even if he supposed that he would kill him, that God still had power to raise him from the dead. Come on. Are we willing? Listen, look at me for a minute. Are we willing to say, God, I'll follow you, even if it looks like this thing's going to die? Because I know that you're the one who has resurrection power. It's not easy. It's not comfortable. But I believe he's looking for people who say, I'll obey. When I don't understand, I don't know the place you're telling me to go, but you said go here. And I know that it was you that said, but you know how you know it was him? Because you spent time with him. It's not just on a dream you had. I believe in dreams. I believe in visions. I believe in prophetic words. But I believe every one of those find their, their foundation in the truth of the word of God, to his nature, to his character, and to who he said he is. Amen. And to say, God, I will follow you. And if it, and if it has to die, I know that you'll resurrect it because that's the power that you have in you. And you say, this faith thing, wow. So as I was studying Hebrews 11, the Lord took me to Romans 10. Again, uh, in Romans here, Paul's dealing, talking about Israel and how they had rejected the gospel. <clears throat> Verse 14, Romans 10, 14 says this, How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed, and how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard, and how shall they hear without a preacher? I just said a moment ago 
that you might be someone else's ark. We don't have a right to reject Jesus for anyone. Let me say that again. We don't have a right to reject Jesus for anyone. What are you talking about? You maybe never had this thought, I have. Well, I would say something to them, but they're not going to hear what I got to say. They'll just cuss me or they'll just reject me. So it's just easier not to say anything. You know what you did? You just rejected Jesus for them. Because you said, nope, you assumed that their response would be this way. So you chose not to do anything. So in not doing anything, what we do is re-reject Jesus for them. And we don't have that right. If we get rejected, it's not us they're rejecting. It's Jesus they're rejecting. Because I'm not offering myself as their Savior. That still doesn't feel good. Still make your heart get up in your throat and beat real fast. Make you feel a little nauseous sometimes when you go, oh, man, I don't know what to say. Sometimes it's not in what you say. It's just that you say it, that you're willing. He said here, how shall they call on him whom they've not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? See, I'm not a preacher. That's not for me. That verse isn't for me because I'm not a preacher. It's that, it's what that means is one who proclaims truth. It doesn't mean a position or a title. So if you believe truth, then the natural result of believing truth is you proclaim truth. You tell truth. You wouldn't allow, in the natural, you wouldn't allow someone uh, to fly, fly down a road by you if you knew the bridge was out. If you'd been to the bridge and you saw the bridge was out, you would come back. Most people <laughs> would come back up the road and try to stop people so that they wouldn't fly off the bridge to their death just because you, you are a, a good person and you don't want to see them die. And that's just a temporal death, right? I thought you were preaching about the Word. Sounds like you're preaching about evangelism. I think they're synonymous. He said here, that they're synonymous, that the word of God, if we believe it, then we should share it. Verse 15, and how shall they preach unless they are sent as is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Wait a minute. What do they preach? Is this the message some people who are out saying they're preaching the gospel are preaching? No. I think this is why some some of the lost don't want to hear because they've not been hearing this right here. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of what? Peace, not wrath and judgment. Is wrath and judgment a reality? Absolutely. But what did Jesus bring? He bore wrath and judgment so that we could preach peace. And they preached peace. And what else? The glad tidings of good things. That's pretty good, huh? Okay. But they have not all obeyed the gospel, for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Verse 17 says this, so faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You know, it's amazing how in our English language, we can have two words they're spelled the same, but mean something totally different. All right? Like, depending on, you know, what generation you're in, if something was bad, it was good. You with me? Something that was hot was cool. <laughs> I'm not going to go any further. But these, in this verse right here, I guess some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Katie, no, I'm just kidding. She was tracking with me. 
Verse 17 says, faith, so then faith comes by, B-Y, by. That word by in the Greek means this, out of, because of, or from, hearing. So faith comes out of, faith comes because of, faith comes from hearing. And hearing by, that word by there means through. So same two letters, but it means something totally different when you read it this way. So then faith comes out of or because of hearing and hearing through the word of God. So our hearing comes through the word of God. What hearing? The hearing that gives us the ability to have faith to believe. Are you with me? Are you tracking with me? So the importance of the word of God cannot be put aside. It's not just we're going to just going to sing and dance and pray in the Holy Ghost. Those things are important. I believe in every one of those. But if we don't land, when we go up in the air, jumping and screaming and shouting, if we don't land on the word of God, you'll be like James says, like a wave tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine. That's who we'll be. We'll just be tossed to and fro. And I see that so much. And, and I've seen it throughout my Christian life. But I see, it, uh, I see it even more in this day that we live in. When God is pouring out his spirit, I think it's more important now than ever before that we be rooted and grounded in the word of God so that we know who we are and whose we are so that it doesn't matter if we have the experience that everyone else is having. It doesn't change who God says that we are. And it, doesn't, it doesn't dictate what we can or cannot have or do or, or cannot do. Does that make sense? He said, it's all through truth. He said, so faith comes because of hearing and hearing through the word of God. So the word of God is what gives us ears to hear so that faith can rise. But the, the reality of it is faith is not what we're working for. It's what we're working from. Does that make sense? Let me give you this verse. Uh, but to each one of us, uh, let me back up. Romans 12, 3. For I say, through the grace given to me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he should, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. The measure of faith. It's just like uh, if I was going to give uh, everybody a cup, the cup of rice, a cup of rice, and I had a cup measuring when you came by and I scooped it out, you would get what? The cup of rice. Everyone would get what? The same cup because it's the same scoop. Are you tracking with me? He said he's given every man the measure of faith. So placed on the inside of us is the measure of faith. Now that faith develops and that faith grows as we hear truth because truth gives us the ears and the heart to receive what God has said. Does that make sense? So he's given us, and then here's what Ephesians 4 says, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of, God, of Christ's gift. Again, he's talking about the gift of faith, the measure, not just the gift of faith, but the grace gift that he's placed on the inside of us. He said, but each one of us was giving according to the measure of Christ. So uh, Ben's an evangelist. I mean, I believe that's a fivefold gift on his life. He's an evangelist. He just geared that way. He thinks that way. He's, he's, I won't use the word brilliant because he won't be able to get out of the building. That way, he, he said it's true. Keep it <laughs> That's the, his call on his life, his gifting on his life is, is to be an evangelist. So it looks like it, it comes easy to him. 
And, but the, the, the reality of it is, if you ever heard his testimony, he developed the gift that's on the inside of him. Amen. I mean, when you hear the testimony of the hours he spent in the Word, in prayer, the times that he went out praying and uh, just being obedient to what God has called him to do, even when he didn't see what he thought he should be seeing. Is that true? Hours. But saying, God, I believe your word is true, so I'm going to take you at your word, not at my experience, not at my encounter. I'm going to take you at your word. So that's my heart. As we, as we launch into truth, Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes because of hearing and hearing through the word of God. I want us to be, I believe that we are, but I want us to be more than we've ever been before, a people who doesn't know about God, they know Him. They don't know about the Bible. They don't just carry a Bible. They know the Bible. They know the truth of the Word in the Bible. And we can, I go back to uh, Hebrews 11.3, by faith we understand. So that I, what I want to pray for each of you, myself included, what my heart's desire is this, is when we go to the Word, we don't go just to get an answer. We go to know Him. We go knowing that as we go, that He is a rewarder. Man, that'll be, that's a shot in the arm for somebody today, just to know that God is a rewarder, not of evil, but of good. <clears throat> That Jesus took evil for us. He became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God in Christ. He bore it so that we don't have to. That God is a rewarder and he is, he is looking to reward those who diligently seek him. Those who say, I'm not just going to, let me share this. And then I was going to, I'm going. Not just those who say, well, I believe the Bible will be true and I'll hear more about it when I get back next Sunday. I really believe that people in this room can change our community, our county, can change your workplace. I really believe you can. That's not a pipe dream. That's not a hope. I believe. Just as we see in the scriptures when uh, Paul would write to the church at Ephesus, he wasn't writing, writing as a, a, a whim. He was writing saying, this is who you are. I'm praying you're going to understand this is who you are. Now, I'm not trying to get something to you. I'm trying to get you to, trying to, get you to understand what's already there. Jeremiah 29, verse 12 says, Then you will call upon me and go pray to me, and I will listen to you. Listen. <laughs> this is so beautiful. This is Jeremiah. Right? This is old covenant. He was a prophet. This is old covenant. He didn't have Holy Spirit living in him. Are you with me? He said, You will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. That sounds a lot like 1 John 5, 14 and 15. It says, if we uh, ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. Look at me. Look, let's just, I'm, you don't have to raise your hand. But there are many times that when you, we pray, we don't know if he's listening or not. We go, God, do you even hear me? Do you even hear me? We have the truth of his word. All right, let me just say it this way. This is non-condemning. I wasn't trying to condemn anyone. Anyway, have you ever prayed and felt like God wasn't listening? A few of you telling the truth. <clears throat> I'm just kidding. We feel like God's not here. So based on a feeling, we can say, I prayed, but God didn't hear me. Because I didn't see what I was praying for, and it didn't feel like God was there, right? I've been there. 
Thank you, Ben. I've been there. It doesn't mean it's truth, but that's why the importance of the truth of the Word of God. Here he's telling Jeremiah, I told you, Malachi 3, 6, he said, I am the Lord your God, I change not. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus Christ is the same what? Yesterday, today, and forever. He's not changing. That's who he is. He doesn't change. <clears throat> he's not a man uh, that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. That's who he is. But he said here, you will call and go pray, and I will listen to you. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Verse 14 says, I will be found by you, says the Lord. <laughs> not might, not maybe. I will be found by you. It reminds me of, of playing hide and seek with your child. Now, it's different when you're playing with your friends. When you're playing with your friends, you don't want them to find you. You'll do everything you can not to be found. But when you're playing with your kids, you want to be found because you want to see the excitement in their face when they find you, and you want to jump up and chase them. Okay. Right? You want... Nathan said, nope, no. I'm going to teach my kids. They will never find me. He's a good, good father. <laughs> Sorry, just came up. Hey, Jesus, I will be found by you. First Chronicles 28. This is, he says, as for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intents of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. He said it's so beautiful. Here's the thing about it. When we, through his truth, because faith comes because of hearing and hearing through what? Truth. Those who worship him, worship him how? In spirit and in truth. So as we know truth, he said, as you pursue me, I will be found. And that's beautiful. He, I'm not hiding from you, I'm hiding for you. I, I can't wait to see your face when you find me. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs>